Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, managing editor of Fightful.com here for the Fightful Post-Raw podcast. It is December 11th. We got a couple things to talk about throughout the show that kind of tie in as well. We have Paige giving her first interview in a long time, her first real interview in a long time. Rich Swan arrested. And I just want to mention James Ellsworth is a, is a genius for doing an intergender list a la Cody Rhodes. That was brilliant. We do have a story on that up at Fightful.com. I am joined by one Alexander Pawlowski. Alex, how are you? Doing well. Uh, uh, <clears throat> had an um, eventful weekend, even though I went nowhere. So uh, <laughs> just a crazy holiday planning. My parents are coming in on Wednesday. Uh, first time spending Christmas with them and uh, their, their first grandchild. So it's, it, I'm kind of... You know. It's going to be an action-packed holiday season for you. It will. It will. It's going to be action-packed for us this weekend, guys. I want to go ahead and get the plugs out of the way. Of course, use our forums. We have those up. I have an AMA thread over in the open discussion. Check that out. Uh, this past weekend, we did a surprise UFC Fresno and Bellator 191 show. Thought that was going to have to wait, but we ended up doing it. This weekend, boy, are we loaded. We have uh, Hunter from Flow Slam on the MMA Industry Podcast Thursday. Friday, I am doing a solo Post Ring of Honor final battle show. I figure we cover that. We give Ring of Honor a lot of coverage, New Japan a lot of coverage. So we'll be doing a post show for that. Also on January 4th, myself and Robbie Radford will be doing a post Wrestle Kingdom show at about 4 p.m. Eastern. Saturday night, UFC on Fox coverage. We got that coming your way. Uh, post show podcast for that. And then, of course, the Clash of Champions post show. We'll be making our predictions on tomorrow night's post SmackDown podcast. Tomorrow on the Holy Smokes MMA podcast, Holly Holm, Chris Cyborg, Michael McDonald, and likely Frank Trigg, who just appeared as a ref on UFC, all on the show tomorrow. We're bringing you the guests, uh, Fast and Furious, tons of them over at uh, Fightful.com. Make sure you all like, subscribe, thumbs up, all that good stuff. But we got tons of stuff for you uh, all week long and all weekend long. And myself, Alex, and Jeff have a project we're going to work on uh, very soon. I'm really pumped for that. Royal Rumble is our Christmas, and we are going to give you better Royal Rumble coverage than anybody else. Last year, David Tease had that awesome stat tracker throughout the show. Uh, Alex helped hold it down while I was in San Antonio. And uh, it's it's going to be really fun this year. Really fun. Yes. I, I was holding it down with a three-day-old daughter in the ICU. Ooh. Ooh. That's how much. I, that's what I sacrificed for this for this job, Sean Rossap. 
<laughs> well, uh, you did sacrifice a little of your time. You have a new uh, off track that's up today. I was very happy to see that. Talking a little bit about Matt Hardy, which we will be talking about tonight. WWE Monday Night Raw. What did you think of the show overall? <sighs> Good. I mean, like, I don't I, It's so hard to gauge these things because they usually have no more than three and a half weeks between pay-per-views. So uh, they're, they're trying to they're figuring out stuff as far in advance as they can of the Royal Rumble. And some of it's hit and some of it's miss, you know, some of the stuff that was, thought a lot of the end ring was really good tonight outside of maybe the main event. That wasn't too um, hot. Uh, but they're doing a lot of stuff that is a huge hit one week and they try to do the exact same thing the next week. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe you can't lightning doesn't strike twice. Samoa Joe comes out and carries a long promo that sounds an awful lot like a Scooby-Doo villain revealing his plot. Like, <laughs> was, he was just waiting for those meddling S.H.I.E.L.D. kids to come and ruin it all for him. A very cringeworthy moment backstage when Seth Rollins says, Hey, Ambrose, go get the big dog. Oh, man. And I'm like, is Ambrose the errand boy now? Like, come on. Well, it's not, it's not even just that, but, like, there's, there's no way that these guys refer to each other as their, by their nicknames. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, uh, uh, I mean, oh. Hey, 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 big dog. Have you seen Lunatic Fringe? I haven't seen him today. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. Joe calls out Reigns, and he ends up getting, and Reigns obliges, gets jumped by the bar. The Shield tried to help, but no avail. This was, this was a pro wrestling opening segment, is what this was. This, is, this was to kind of set up a match that actually got filmed a week or two ago at Tribute to the Troops. Yeah, um, I, uh, I I watch these things and I and I just marvel to myself that Samoa Joe spent such a long part of his career outside of the WWE. It's crazy, right? He's so good, not just in the ring, but like on the mic, like top three guys in the company right now. Like I just I just imagine like I look back very fondly on about the, the 2013 2014 in ring product right. of WWE because that's when. The three-hour Raws were somewhat fresh. You had the Shield. You had a lot of combinations, and you had the Usos were on top of their game as baby faces. Punk, Brian, Del Rio were all doing great stuff. Had WWE just not been concerned about that TNA stigma and how they didn't want to hire people, they could have had guys like AJ Styles and Samoa Joe in there as well. And I'm talking like there was no roster split, so they were throwing everything they could. And there was a lot of in-ring stuff, like – for whatever the creative was, the in-ring was making me really like those Raws. And the in-ring tonight was really making me like it. I loved this opening tag match with Absolution against Mickey James and Bailey. I wondered if Mickey's ankle was taped up after last week's attack, but she didn't have any pressure on it because she still had those goddamn flaps on her ankles. Also, uh, WWE highlighted Sasha and Alexa's match in Abu Dhabi. It got a great response. Sasha could not take the smile off of her face. That was very cool to see. Also, it was cool to see that she got Mustafa Ali's gear back to him in time for Raw. Yeah, I, I thought that was funny. But, like, you know, like, yeah, can't be wearing the bikinis over in Abu Dhabi. That ain't allowed. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting how, you know, Alexa Bliss used, used her merch. And because, because, uh, Sasha Banks is married to the head seamster on on the staff. He yeah. made that thing special for her, and she looked like the Purple Power Ranger, and it was pretty awesome. 
Yeah, it looked pretty cool. Hey, good for her. Mandy Rose uh, ended up being a lot better on the mic than Sarah Logan was last week, if we're drawing comparisons between the two groups. Sonya Deville's okay, but she's going to get a lot of what chance if she keeps busting out that cadence. In the match, Mandy saves Paige from a suplex. But then Paige throws Mandy in front of an attack of Bailey. Like, I, I don't know if that's like a subtle thing that's going to pay off down the line, but Paige really looks like she just cares about herself. Yeah, it's, it's standard heel faction booking 101. The, the leader is selfish and, like, you know, the henchmen or women, in this case, hench women, uh, get, uh, take the brunt of stuff. It's like this. Look, listen. Like, it's fun to have Sonya Deville and Manny Rose up there, and they're new and they're fresh, but they're basically Paige, Paige's Miserage. You know what I mean? They're, that's, they're there. They're going to eat pins. And, they haven't been beaten you know, yet, that, though. No, because you have to actually build the team up sure. uh, for a while. But, but as we'll see later, they're about to get beat a whole lot. Yeah. I've been really impressed with Paige's presence these days. She talked about on the Lillian Garcia podcast, which I will speak about briefly, uh, that Sasha Banks really took care of her in last week's match and put over Sasha a lot, said that they weren't close at all, but Sasha helped make sure that she didn't get lost in the match. Uh, Mickey misses a kick spot, but because I can't make it up, her having flappy-ass pants like saved it from a production standpoint because you couldn't tell. Mandy wins with a kick. There was a bicycle knee that she did that I just love. I love that move. Really like this opening match. It was good. What I want to talk about more about this, or more than this, is Paige. She uh, did her first real interview since suspension one, suspension two, uh, the drug test failures, the neck injuries, injuries plural, uh, hospitalization that nobody knew about, the Alberto Del Rio situations, the photo leaks, her return, uh, having a movie made about her. There's a lot of stuff, and I cover it in a YouTube video that we did uh, over at Fightful's YouTube. Go check it out. We are going to have, I mean, a ton of articles coming out of this. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it, Alex, but there was no better person. And I'm talking as a guy who went to journalism school, broadcast school. I've been covering wrestling for a long time. Lillian Garcia was the best possible person to conduct this interview. She did not attack Paige. She was familiar with Paige. She knew Paige on a personal level. So Paige knew that this woman actually cared about her when she asked about all this stuff. I, I often make jokes that around Thanksgiving or immediately following, there's always some big interview. CM Punk, there was a, a couple of John Jones and backs to back, back to back. Paige had a really big one and there were some bombs dropped. Like she didn't talk to Alicia Fox for a year and a half. Uh, the Rock was the person who told her that she was debuting in WWE. Like, of all things, hey, by the way, you're debuting in WWE and I want to make a movie about you. Uh, okay. Paige, back in the limelight. What have you thought so far and um, maybe some of the news that came out of this? Well, I mean, the news and stuff, like, she's she's handling it rather well. Like, the now – at the time, obviously, it was devastating to her, all the stuff with the leaked video and stuff like that. But the way she can process it now down the line, it's, it seems very – she's in a good place about it. To be able to actually talk about it freely the way she does, um, you can tell it really hurt her, but, but she's, she's, she's moved on to a place yeah. where she can be honest about it, which 
a lot of people wouldn't be able to do. They would never even talk she, about it. She said she had a 2005 Britney Spears meltdown is what she said. Yeah. She admitted that wrestling so early probably didn't help out her physical situation, that she had surgery on a herniated disc and then got back in the gym too early, messed it up again, that she lied about the prescription. She was very responsible. Like she said all of the right things, all of the right things, did not mention Brad Maddox by name, said that her relationship with Alberto Del Rio was not bad, that it just was a tumultuous time in both of their lives. She came off looking a plus, like there is no PR person that could have coached her any better than she did on herself with Lillian Garcia. It is a must listen. Also, uh, we have a bunch of stories coming out of a Tom Cassiello podcast. If you're not familiar with him, he was fired as managing lead writer for WWE about a year ago. And he did an interview this week, a four hour interview where he talked about a lot of stuff like Caitlin being pitched to join the Wyatt family. And just all kinds of stuff, man. So uh, Vince McMahon hating long storylines or not being able to be pitched long storylines. I'm telling you guys, Fightful.com, you got to keep it locked for all these stories. Matt Hardy is woken. I'm generally going to like anything involved with this because even if it's bad, it can be. You can do literally anything here. That being said, this went on about a minute too long. Yeah. They were Um, like saying... Hey guys, it's weird. It's weird. Do you all see how weird this is, guys? Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> Look how weird they are. That's what it was. Uh, okay, here's a, here's an example, uh, a perfect example of when WWE finds a thing that works and says, "Well, let's just do that over and over and over again." And if we make any changes, there'll be tiny little cosmetic ones that absolutely ruin it, like the weird Wyatt wonky film cut and then a woken over a broken glass thing gif which just between every time they talked not once once is enough yeah but between every time they talked they would have to throw the little thing and it was like it's just too much everything matt hardy said was 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 great was golden like (laughs) i mean for god's sakes bray wyatt called him a golden calf and they cut to Matt Hardy, who mood <laughs> this this is this can be so great, but I watched last week and I said, now I'm ready for these two guys to go at it. And the next week, they give me the exact same thing they had last week. And well, like, I think that I think that Matt Hardy is smart enough to not have them do the exact same things he's done before and to protect this intellectually. I think that I mean he's a really creative dude. Yeah. Either way, we'll see where it goes. Kane cuts a promo, and the only reason I want to mention this is because it could very well be in, like, the same backstage area, boiler room area, as the 1996 SummerSlam match in that arena. Yeah. I thought it was kind of cool. Kurt Angle demands the ring be reinforced for the main event. Jason Jordan shows up wanting an opportunity, but Kurt says he hasn't beaten anyone, and Jason gets pissy. We'll get back to that later. Finn Balor defeated Kurt Axel. The only thing of note in this match was that the banter about Curtis Axel's neck brace, and if it was necessary, was some of the best commentary on a wrestling show I've ever heard in my entire life. Michael Cole, Booker T, and Corey Graves knocked it out of the park. That was awesome. It was incredible. I love it. That Curtis Axel has like a Bob Orton gimmick, but he can't use what he has as a weapon. He just has it to make him more comfortable. It's his pacifier. 
It's yeah. his it's his blankie. Yeah. But they, they attack Balor before the match, I guess, so they can have him work underneath for a few minutes. He wins. They don't have a goddamn clue to do with Balor. But as somebody mentioned to us on Twitter, Alex, if this is used to set up Finn Balor, Gallows and Anderson against the Miztourage, 100% sign me up, strap me down, I'll watch it. Get it done. The thing is, uh, Mrs. Love shooting Marine 6, um, what they're showing you is that it is important to keep him in your thoughts because that's why they have the Miztourage on. Because yeah. they don't care if, if, if we're keeping Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel in our thoughts. They don't care about Correct. that. Correct. They care about mentioning the Miz every time. So when he comes back, he's got his contractually obligated rematch against Roman, which he'll lose, and then he can move on to Finn Balor, and we can have, hopefully, one can only hope and dream that we get the club reunion of, of uh, Gals Anderson with Finn yeah. Balor taking on the Miztourage. I'm, I'm here for it. That's, that's, a, that's a good enough thing. Because, honestly, yes, Balor deserves to be back in the scene that he was before he got injured but not against this crop of, of challengers. Yeah. I don't, you, can't, you can't realistically put him up against Brock or Braun. You know, it's just not going to work. I'm very interested in that. I hope they go. I, I think when you have The Miz on a, on a film set like this, they should really utilize it. Like, Shawn Michaels and Becky Lynch are on that set. Those are two big baby faces. Show stuff where The Miz is being a diva on the set. And Shawn Michaels and Becky Lynch are like, God damn, this guy. Yeah. He's so annoying. Like, and show him. Show him. Uh, guys, I want to plug the Fightful Wrestling Weekly really quickly. It is uh, basically a, a weekly column I'm doing that's going to be, like, full of exclusives. The first one dropped last week. I kind of dropped it as a surprise, a little under the radar. Go over to FightfulWrestling.com and check out the exclusive section. And one is there, like, I've got a ton of news that you will not get anywhere else. Maybe you missed the story that we did, but, like, I've got some exclusive news coming up this week on Aralucha, Neville, uh, Impact behind the scenes, Ring of Honor behind the scenes, uh, some of the YouTube wrestling monetization stuff. Like, we have a ton of exclusives that go in there. Sometimes I'll drop little things on these podcasts that aren't big enough for stories, like, we got a word count minimum, and you know I don't want to stretch this stuff out and insult my readers' intelligence. So what I'll do is I'll pack all these things into uh, the Fightful Wrestling Weekly, and I will give you all exclusive information you can only get at Fightful.com. Check that out. Uh, I pro- I'll probably drop a link to the first one in the description of the video on YouTube. So definitely give that a watch. Seth Rollins defeated Sheamus. There was a lot of er, lot made early on of Sheamus changing up his training regimen and wanting to get a universal championship. Now, this comes about a week after, or a couple weeks after he revealed he'd been dealing with spinal stenosis. Now, I dealt with this for like seven years, and I can't imagine this guy wrestling as often as he is. That's yeah. horrifying. And now, since he mentions that, and I see him doing a stretch muffler with all of Seth Rollins' weight on his neck. That concerns me a little bit. What do you think of that that initial commentary? Was it just a selling point? Or do you think there's something to Sheamus singles switching up his training? Like that's not something they mention a lot of. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think they're trying to uh, a lot of, you know, there's there's a there's a camp out there that that, you know, is talking about 
injuries and stuff like that in different, you know, combat sports and, you know, even in football where, you know, guys can get really hurt. So if we, if we make it a story and we talk about it, we're not, we don't have anything to hide. You know what I mean? Like it's that, it feels kind of like that to me. Um, uh, but you know, anything's a storyline, anything and everything is a storyline except for one thing, which we'll touch on briefly here in a bit. But, um, uh, yeah, if things are happening outside of the ring, if a guy puts something on Twitter, they feel like they have to acknowledge it. So there's no blurring of the lines between the real dude and, you know, the guy who, who performs for them. Yeah, that's that's something I've noticed too, but it just it caught my ear, per se. Uh, Seth Rollins had to go pretty far for a blockbuster and it looked good. There was a reverse Alabama slam that looked really awesome. Sheamus worked the hell out of Seth Rollins' leg. It was great. Like, and we saw a lot of Seth Rollins getting his leg worked over after the knee injury and all that. Uh, there was a great reversal out of the Irish curse into a DDT. He, Sheamus doing different new things. Rollins doing different new things. Rollins gets the win. This was a very good match. I liked it. Any any other thoughts? No, I, I liked it too. Um, you know, they're building toward this uh, Shield versus uh, Samoa Bar, and I'm into it. I'm into it. Cruiserweight contender tournament semifinals. Before this, Drew Gulak says WWE rescinded Swan's spot, which is all they needed to say, in my opinion. They didn't have to say anything else, and, and I felt, thought they went about it well. I love Drew Gulak. His delivery is a lot like um, like EC3s, but it's got his own twist on it, and I think it's great. Enzo accidentally brings up Nia Jax, which leads to a pretty great exchange between him and Gulak. Enzo is so good in these backstage segments, and Drew Gulak is a great straight man to play off of him. These two guys are gold together. It's just, it's just really good. What yeah. did you think about that exchange before we talk about Rich Swan? Um, I, I really loved it. Every everything that Gulag is doing, um, like his, his his a later one where 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 he talked to, it's like, hi, hi, Naya, how you doing? Like, kind of like he's just there and like he's he <laughs> informative, you know? He's yes. just so great and like what a find, honestly. Like watching this dude with his weird samurai jacket in the Cruiserweight Classic last last summer, I never would have thought for a second he'd be one of the best comedic talents yeah. in the WWE, you know? So Rich Swan arrested early Sunday morning, just after midnight. He and his wife got into an altercation that allegedly resulted in both of them jumping out of a moving vehicle, the vehicle hitting a telephone pole, Rich Swan dragging her by her arm and her head back to the vehicle. Of course, all that is alleged. He has been released from jail. He signed an agreement that they wouldn't even argue or else he's probably going back to jail. He was in a real good spot right here, Alex, and probably the best spot he was ever going to be in in WWE because the Cruiserweight division is in a much better place right now than it was a year ago. What did you think of this news? Does he ever recover from this? Oh, God. I don't know, man. This is one of those things where, you know what? It was awful, and I'm so glad it wasn't worse. Yeah. Because, like, I'm, I'm, I mean, th- I, this, it's speculation, whatever, but when you see the guys in the NFL who have head injuries, and all of a sudden this guy, Jovan Belcher, from, from the Kansas City Chiefs a few years ago, snaps, like, kills his girlfriend, goes to, to, the, to the team place, shoots himself in the head because 
he was he had such crazy rage and didn't understand what it was when you jump out of a moving vehicle to chase your wife to grab her back to the car by the head allegedly if you do that you cannot control your rage and that's one of those symptoms of the things that happen in the head when you like listen the dude played on the indies for years there's no way we don't know if he, he knocked his head one time and it went loopy we have no idea yeah but it just it feels weird he was in such a good spot you don't do something like that if you actually are able to reason you know it's just it, it's scary and I'm, I'm i'm hoping that somehow everything works the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about that's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials to participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Without, I, I can't imagine I'm, we're seeing him on Raw anytime soon. Yeah, I like, think I would be shocked if he is ever back in, or at least back in WWE anytime soon, especially given the political landscape we've got right now. Yeah. Well, this Cruiserweight Contender semifinal match was awesome. I, I've said it week after week, this is how you do the Cruiserweights. Mustafa Ali hits an insane foot dive from the top, turnbuckle outside. It's just awesome. Davari cracks Nice real proper in face. Mustafa Ali is just special to me in the ring. And he and Cedric particularly have some really great chemistry. There's a big DDT, a super bomb that's uh, sent into a super Frankensteiner. That imploding 450 ain't bad either. We see a bunch of false finishes. And, you know, this type of match will be the scapegoat for a lot of people to be like, ain't no psychology. They're just doing moves. Well, there's four people in a damn ring, so that's going to happen. But uh, there's a Spanish fly from Cedric. Sets up a lumbar check. He foils Davari trying to steal the pin. That was a nice touch that I liked. He does another great lumbar check. Gets the win. This was just, this was awesome. Yeah. The the cynic in me says, oh, okay. So you got, you lost your one athletic black guy. So the backup is the other athletic black guy. But I honestly, yeah. this is the guy who, this is the guy who I want to be in this position to begin with. He should have been. It's not going to be out. Like he should, honestly, he should have been months ago. Yes, he should have. When when Neville had the championship, as soon as they lost Austin Aries, as soon as he left and went and peaced out, the next guy on your list had to be Cedric Alexander. I agree. Like this guy's just insane in the ring, and he's really good. Like on the mic, you can you can make this guy into somebody you can really root for. Um, and I and like and I love Mustafa Ali, and I really hope he gets his shot. And in a perfect world, to me, you can have. Enzo be the face of this division and 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 the foil for everybody else. And he doesn't need the belt because he's, he doesn't need the belt. He's so good. You could have a title program 
that is amazing in the ring between Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. I'm never going to get it, but a boy can dream. It, it, it is Christmas after all. I loved it. The match was great. This is how you display the cruiserweights, kill some time, lots of thrills. After the match, Gulak is back talking to Enzo and kind of mentions that maybe he'll become cruiserweight champion. Enzo starts to go off on him. Then Naya shows up. <laughs> I think Naya, this is some of Naya's best promo work, period. It's simple. She's smiling. She looks happy. Enzo is very clearly trying to impress her. Yeah. And I think that's a cool aspect of Enzo that we've not seen because he is what he is so effortlessly, as weird as that sounds. But with Naya, you see him trying really hard. Yeah. Even though Naya is clearly interested in him, he's trying hard to send those vibes back. And Drew Gulak just being there to watch it, it was all, it all worked out for me. I like it. Yeah, no, I, I really like it too. Um, I do hope that because we've seen um, Enzo's flirtation techniques in the past about a year ago with yeah, when he sure. started walking around in the nude and accosting Lana backstage ah. that didn't work out too well for him but um, uh, yes I, I also like Naya in this and I'm interested in seeing where this goes however I do have I do have to mention one more thing Gulak on commentary as a heel color guy has a career for as long as he wants it oh yeah he is so good the, the quote where he was like, they were talking about, oh, look, look at Mustafa Ali's flying. He's not flying. He's falling. He's exploiting gravity. Like, like that's something that Bobby oh, Keenan would say. It's brilliant. Great. It's I really, love this really guy. good. He's so good. I love him. I will say that based on Nia Jax's Total Divas character, if if we cut to backstage and Enzo and she were talking and Enzo's like, yeah, showed Lana my wiener last year, her Total Divas character would go, that's hilarious. Like, it just just would. Um, Intercontinental Championship match. Roman Reigns and Cesaro tore the damn house down. They had to follow a cruiserweight match, and they did, and it ruled. This was beyond pay-per-view quality. Just early on, Cesaro reverses a drive-by by by kicking Reigns in the face. And then hits a sick Cesaro swing into the barricade. I saw you mentioning, like, some of these commercial spots. Uh, Hot damn. Yeah, um, you could you could easily put that on the actual broadcast if if you wanted to. I mean, usually aren't the commercials for like taunting the crowd and rest holds, like oh, that, yeah. that kind Catch of stuff. Breath, that kind of stuff belongs on the program proper. Thank you. Not in a Cesaro match. <laughs> nope. We're moving on to the next spot. Get, get ready. <laughs> Reigns stole one of John Cena's slams, which I kind of liked. I thought they should have referenced that, like that he kind of went back to that. Much like Sheamus did earlier, Cesaro's targeted attacks were really, really good. This time it was the arm. Reigns cracks that ring post like a freaking maniac. Those new ring posts, I don't know what they're made of, but when I asked last, I asked like a month and a half ago, I I asked somebody backstage, has anybody gotten hurt on these? And they said, nope, not yet. Whatever they're making out of, good. Because they sound awesome and nobody's getting hurt off of them. Yep. There is a... Just a series of transitions that were beautiful. A push kick, which you don't see a lot of in pro wrestling, into a pop-up uppercut. Then a pinfall attempt rolled into a crossface. Cesaro was on his game tonight, so was Roman Reigns. Then there's this thing where Reigns crawls up Cesaro like from guard, a standing guard per se, and then rolls over into a sunset flip. Then 
into a deadlift powerbomb. I know you had some issues with uh, the suspension of disbelief there, but it's it's my hey. standard thing. Yeah, it's my, it's my standard thing with WWE is they have the guy get one limb worked the entire match yeah. and talk about, oh my god, his arms really really hurting, or in Shinsuke Nakamura's taste, his knee. How could he possibly stand? Yeah. And then they hit a giant move with that appendage, which just like, well, wouldn't the, wouldn't the story be better? If they would normally use that move, but now they can't, and they have to find a new way to sure. do something, sure. that's that's the kind of storytelling that I'm looking for. And especially when Michael Cole like brings it up, like, yeah. how could he possibly do this? Well, guess what? In real life, he couldn't. Well, so, you you never know in real life. You know. In real life, I watched Robert Whitaker stuff Yoel Romero take down with uh, one ACL for four rounds. Like his leg was gone. So true. in this scope, if a Corey Graves or a Booker T. Booker T just pops out and says, you got to dig down deep. It's like something like that. It's intercontinental title match. That's sure. Roman sure. Reigns cares so much about this title. I suppose. They can do that. He can Robert Whitaker his way out. Great ton uh, back and forth. Reigns gets the win with a spear out of a neutralizer attempt. Just outstanding. Yeah. Asuka's in the – go ahead. I sorry. just want to say that I, I really love this match, and there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the way that the whole thing works out. It's just one of those – another one of those times where you watch Cesaro, and you go, God damn, how has this guy never been a world champion? Like, he's just so amazing in the ring. I saw it's one of the things that I always say whenever I watch him matching like this. To me, like, he's got it in the ring. It's just, like, RVD had it in the ring, and he had that quality where just because he was RVD, yeah. he could have that cocky type of thing. I, I don't get that with Cesaro. We'll talk more about that uh, on another week, though. Yeah. Absolution is reckoned with. There's this really weird backstage segment where Alicia Fox and a ref are Deciding that she can't wrestle tonight. Ow, ow, my arm, ow. That was that. That was backstage. Yes, pretty much. Uh, not Alicia's best work. Boy, yeah. that was terrible. Again, and I hate to keep railing on my fellow Kentucky and Sarah Logan, but better than Sarah Logan did last week when she apparently had a stroke in the middle of her promo. <laughs> uh, man, that was terrible. Have you ever even eaten game meat? <laughs> for eating gay meat. That's that was a line last what week. Was it? Game meat. Because you said Brian's reactions are like, um, <laughs> no, actually, I'm not. I don't know. It's it's possible, but uh, no, I'm a vegan, so probably not. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! So Absolution come out and tell Oscar to move out of the way before they move her out of the way. Absolution surrounds Asuka. And when I say surround, I mean they don't surround her at all. No. They are by the, the turnbuckles closest to one another. Asuka could have done, could have gotten out of there with ease. Yeah. Instead, the entire locker room empties out, including Nia Jax, which many places had reported they're trying to keep her as far away as possible. That is not something you read on Fightful.com for obvious reasons that it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. But it looks like they could head towards a Royal Rumble match, but it is, as you mentioned, Alex, six weeks away. Yeah, it's six weeks till the Rumble. So here's what here's the deal, and this is my my big complaint about this. You have these three women who've come in, and they have systematically picked off women one by one to, to make their major impact. And they say the one woman that we need all three of us to take out is Asuka, so we're going to do it. Now, all these women who hate the new invaders, absolutely, but also, let's be honest, hate each other, 
have decided to band together for the good of the division, and eight of them run off three of them. Great, cool. Now what? Like, yeah. are, are, the, are the three of them going to get five new other recruits to come in and even the odds? Or, like, I don't, I don't know what Paige and, the, and, her, and her lackeys can do now. They've, they've been bested. They gave it their best shot. They got run off. That's it. How are they going to fight back? Like, you kind of write yourself into a corner where if it was a different writing crew, I would have faith they would have something planned down the line. But I don't see that, you know? Unless the one thing I could say is the people they recruit are the yep. riot squad. And you have them on both shows. I just don't see that happening because, as we all know, there's only one night a year when the superstars of Raw <laughs> SmackDown come to head-to-head in face-to-face competition. You so, son of a you bitch. Know, true. I mean, they, they told us that a lot of times. Mandy Rose looked like she was getting pulled out of getting attacked by a herd of walkers. That was that was great. Paige walked into a flying arm bar, and that started the attack on Asuka, by the way. Jason Jordan is on the ramp watching Samoa Joe versus Dean Ambrose. I love a good dragon screw lab, leg whip, and Ambrose delivers on one. There's this – the finish of this match. Jordan distracts Joe and then helps Ambrose back inside the ring. Then Joe is like, nah, son, <laughs> and starts choking <laughs> out Jordan. I love that that was his immediate reaction. No, you're going to sleep. Ambrose breaks it up. And then Ambrose has Joe beat inside the ring with a flying elbow drop. But Jordan had the ref distracted. Ambrose and Jordan are in each other's face. Joe breaks that up. And then in a hilarious spot, does an extra senton on the floor on Jordan just for extra measure. Just just because. Well, it's on my way, so I might as well. Like one of those. Yep. Um, Ambrose then gets choked out in the ring. Looks like we've got a triple threat situation happening here. I am co- I, the match, nothing special at all. It was convoluted. It was not yeah. that great. It was average at best. I love Jason Jordan's integration into everything. How he's almost hanging with people, but not quite. And he keeps getting his ass kicked. But you can see enough glimpses of where it's like, oh, he doesn't belong here. He's just got to figure out what to do. Yeah, this is uh this is really interesting. This is one of those things where like see this is proving to me that as a writing staff you can roll with the punches, figure out what the crowd is telling you and change things on the fly. Because I'm I I got I got to think when they said, "Hey, Jason Jordan, you're coming over to Raw, you're going to be Kurt Angle's kid." They didn't plan for him in a few months to be like the guy who everybody hates. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, 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 the rich kid, somebody's told me, the perfect example for who this guy is, he's, he's Austin Rivers. Yeah. He's the coach. He's the coach of the Clippers kid who who is like, who's a decent player. Like he was really good at Duke. He's an NBA player, but he thinks he's the best player in the world. And the coach keeps begrudgingly playing him, even though the coach knows his kid's not that great. Yeah. Like it's a really cool idea for for a wrestling character. And I'm 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 in for it. Like I'm I, I just want this to turn into a varsity blues situation and by the end. Jason where Jordan, he's like, I don't want your life. Yeah. Jason Jordan seems like the kind of guy who early on he shot he shot thirty seven percent from the field, and now he's a solid start. Like he's a solid starter, shooting about forty five percent, averaging about fourteen a game. That's Jason yeah. Jordan. I'm cool with that, and he can hang with all those guys. Eventually, we're going to see like a Jason Jordan Cesaro match. It's just going to blow the 
goddamn roof off the place. Yep. Before <laughs> the main event, Dana Brooke is welcome to Titus Worldwide as a statistician, which is yep. great. Yep. Going to be the best thing she's ever been a part of. The Good Brothers are backstage. They call them nerds, and then then Strowman just bronze his way through there. This was yeah. good. Yes, I, I I think that every awkward, weird, out of place backstage segment should end with Braun just barreling through it and everyone running for the hills. That's great. Like he should just yeah. be stalking around backstage all show. Um, uh, yeah, I really like this. Um, and uh, hey, you know what? If if we wind up getting a um. This is the other thing, though, that we're forgetting. Now, about a year ago, Dana Brooke was in an intergender triple threat match where she was the nurse to the Doctor's Good Brothers in that weird thing they had with the New Day. Yeah. Like, like that was a weird deal where she, like, had, like, the like the, the rubber glove that she yeah, snapped on subject, suggestively for, like, one week, and they forgot about it. So I hope they bring it up. Like, hey, Dana, how you doing? Remember yeah. that rubber glove thing? And it got five people on TV – doing something entertaining, and kicked off the match. It took them like 17 minutes between the end of Joe Ambrose and the beginning of Strowman Kane. Because they were reinforcing the ring for a match that ended in a countout. Well, let me tell you, I've put together a ring, if not hundreds, dozens of times. They weren't doing shit, and they were doing a real bad job. And these are people who do put the ring together. So they knew what they had to do, but they couldn't really mess with the ring too much. Right. So they were trying to tighten the, tighten the ropes and pretend like they were screwing something on the turnbuckle and checking on the ropes and then the the uh, the canvas tying and all that stuff. Uh, well, this match was not good. It was a number one contender match to determine the Royal Rumble uh, challenger for Brock Lesnar. I will say the Tyrannosaurus dropkick is a phenomenal name for that move that Corey Graves gave it. That is great. Strowman kicks out of a choke slam, gives Kane his own. Then Strowman drives Kane through a barricade for a double count out. If this leads to a triple threat, not the best thing in the world, but I'm down for it if Kane eats this pin. One, I mean, think it's a favor to Kane. Two, maybe you don't pin Braun. Or maybe you don't pin Brock. Right. Yeah. Either way, because uh, a lot of people are like, oh, man, it's definitely Brock's going to pin Kane. No, I'm not convinced by that. Not after the Jinder Mahal thing happened. I'm yeah. not convinced by that. WWE has been pivoting, and they have been doing it a lot lately, and they have met significant buzz because of it. Like, there has been a, a – greater sense of optimism in relation in relation to some of the changes and moves they made. I, you know, I'm going to give WDB benefit of the doubt here. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a weird thing. When I heard this was happening, I was like, well, that's interesting. Um, it, it, again, it, I keep coming back to it. Like the Royal Rumble is six weeks from now. So if they determine that either one of these guys tonight is the number one contender, that's a long time for them to be walking around talking about Brock Lesnar. If you ever show up, I'm going to kick your butt. And then well, Brock they, Lesnar they, they shows up. Maybe they time. continue this out and it keeps happening. Right. Now, after this, I'm like, maybe they have another match next week and another count out. And they keep, I mean, honestly, I don't know. But I'm totally here for your idea of uh, a triple threat where Braun pins Kane. 
protecting Brock and moving it on. Now, the thing about it is, is that I'm, if Braun is not your Royal Rumble winner, I, okay, which means to me, it's got because you can't put it yeah. on. You can't have Roman win it again. So, what the hell are you doing? It's got to be somebody from SmackDown. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a lot of people are looking at it as like, what's the likelihood Kane's going to win? They don't see Kane as that tip top guy. Kane hasn't lost in a long time now. He was gone for about a, a year, but even before that, when he was on SmackDown, he wasn't losing. He lost to Orton. That was it. He lost to Orton and Wyatt, and then after that, he went on a big winning streak where he beat, like, Harper, Wyatt. Um, I think he beat Wyatt a couple times. They uh, He beat Luke Harper again, and then he just kind of went away. He came back, and he's beaten Rollins, Balor, Jordan. Didn't get beat by Balor uh, in, the, in their last match either. It went to a DQ. like So they have booked him as, like, a guy who hasn't been beaten. After the match... There's this really slow plotting attack. I did love a couple of spots. Musical stairs, as Booker T called it, where they just eyed one another. Yeah. They played chicken and with Braun Strowman sitting up mm-hmm. like Kane. Does that yeah. become a, a part of his arsenal? Well, listen, there's a lot of stuff that, that needs to happen. Like I, To me, I feel like once Kane's gone, um, the choke slam is bronze. And... If Taker's gone, I think it would be a really cool spot yeah. for for Strong to get Strowman to get the sit up. I think that this guy, this guy is the monster. Once the old guard is gone, he's the monster in this business. He should and beat you, monsters and take their finish. That that'd be really kind of cool if he like take honestly the, the guy who should be retiring. Punk. <laughs> this is what I do now. Yeah. This is, I, this is mine now. I do this to you. You got a bicycle. It's mine. <laughs> he, beats, he, just, he beats up Hunico. He just beats up dudes and takes their milk money. Like, I, 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 uh, I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing where, where this goes. Again, six weeks is a long time for them to figure out what they're doing. You know, like the last two weeks are all built up for the Rumble. But before then, like, a lot of things can go back and forth. Titles could change hands. Like, there's a lot of stuff that can go on in Raw. Um, we got we got smack the pay-per-view this, this Sunday, and then they have, you know, a month or so. But this is a long time. In-ring stuff was good. Guys, I just want to tell you, if you're terrible at daily fantasy football, head over to DraftBus.com. This show is brought to you by DraftBus.com, where if you draft the worst team, you win. It's pretty simple. DraftBus.com. Uh, make sure to head over to our forums. We have podcasts all week. I'm talking like a loaded, loaded slate. Uh, check out our events. We've got uh, – we had World Tag League finals coverage. We we had a crazy slate of articles this week too. Aralucha TV taping spoilers. I got some information on them coming up in the Fightful Wrestling Weekly. I want to say rest in peace to uh, wrestling and YouTube personality. Angry Grandpa, he passed away yesterday. Sad news. He had a staggering – 900 million views and like 3.2 million subscribers. He transcended wrestling into being like a a really big star. And I just wanted to extend my condolences. I know that a lot of our viewers were fans of his as well. Make sure you all tune in to all of our podcasts, guys. Also, I want to give a shout out to Jason Kincaid. If you all haven't read read his stuff, go over to FightfulWrestling.com and click on our Pro Series tab. You're basically getting a book of information out of this guy. Like his work on fightful.com is unbelievable. 
uh, really gets you in the mind of an independent wrestler. Now he's signed to Evolve, like just a ton of great stuff. Alex, anything else to tell the people before we go? Uh, just um, look, for, look for me on the uh, post uh, Clash of Champions. I'm looking yeah. forward to, to, to talking about how Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn keep their jobs through chicanery by Daniel Bryan because that's the oh. only possible ending of this thing. Please, 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 oh, please. I love have I love it when we call we do the SmackDown stuff because I get to hear a lot of your thoughts on SmackDown that I don't get to hear on a weekly basis. Uh, guys, if you all like the Fightful podcast, tell people about it. We have the Listen Your Boy that airs Wednesday. Uh, you may notice I have just a host of different kind of people. I try to do something different. I have actors, comedians, stage actors, businessmen on these shows to kind of help me as a journalist and as a guy who used to do some in-ring work give some different uh, angles to things like like how people perform in backstage segments, how things will work out financially. So help get the word out about Fightful.com. I appreciate all of your support. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow us at Fightful Online. Till next time, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.